Okay, welcome back to Vice by Alicia podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here and giving me a bit of your ear to hear stories and ideas that I find meaningful and inspiring. This podcast is designed to encourage all of you to be so inspirational that other people crave your vibes. Welcome to the podcast, Claudia, Claudia Macias. Well, thank you for having me. Is it Claudia I Macias? Claudia I Macias. Okay. <laughs> I want to get it right. No, nah, just Claudia right. Macias. I, I, throw the I, I throw the I in there because there's so many Claudia Macias out there. Is it pretty popular? Very popular. Oh. I had no idea how popular Claudia Macias. So I threw in the I for I love Isela. That. Isela. Isela, that's her middle name. I love mm -hmm. that. You know, this um, episode, guys, is live stream. It's a live show. We're doing something different today. Uh, you might see that we're in a little oh, bit yes. of a costume. We are in costume. Um, I put this costume together <laughs> literally in one day. Uh, oh, so my producer. I, I put mine together last night. I love it. <laughs> I, my, my producer, Jamal, and my writer, Arlette, are like, you need to do Halloween. I was like, I don't celebrate Halloween. I'm really not a dresser. I'm not oh a God. costume lady. Halloween? But you are. Halloween you really is love like, it. like Christmas. Like oh, some people have oh. their, their, their main holiday. Many people will say, oh, Christmas is my thing. No, uh -huh. no, no. Halloween is my Christmas. Like hmm. the house. The, we started talking about costumes starting in like August. Yeah. And, and looking on Amazon, or if I'm gonna put, put it together, like <laughs> we are going to the Goodwill, the Salvation Army, if we I put it together, be that. very authentic, or we have to order something on Amazon because it takes forever. Yeah. So we started in August. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. So for me, it's never been it's never been like a holiday that I celebrate. Honestly, the only reason why I do Halloween is for my kids. Aww. But it's not because there's anything <laughs> against it. Not like you know there's anything like satanic about it. Yeah, never. Yeah, yeah. Nothing yeah, like that. Yeah. I just think it's just never been anything that I've ever yeah. really done. Um, but I also am guilty, or not guilty, but I do suffer from the holiday blues. So oh, when September hits yeah, and all the yeah. holidays start to happen, yeah. I'm that person that goes through like a holiday mm -hmm. blues thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know why, because there's no trauma behind it. There's no like thing that happened or that triggers me. Yeah. Never. I've just been that way the, my whole life. My whole life. Yeah. And that's okay. Although my parents celebrate everything. Like my parents have always celebrated. My brothers, my sister, everybody loves it. For me, it's always been like, ugh kind of a chore like mm -hmm. once a holidays hit I just yeah. get like oh I don't yeah. want to be a part of it I just yeah. wish it would it was January already You're like, and it was done and it was over <laughs> and I didn't have to deal with it but I'm not sure why I really don't that know why is something that needs to be investigated and researched I actually so. there's something there's something. I got a little PTSD because but I don't I, know why. I don't have any trauma behind it. I don't either. But I passed by uh, uh, my widow taco place last uh -huh. night, and I saw uh, the little drummer boy being set up. Uh huh. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. We haven't had Halloween yet. We haven't yeah. had my Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Do not put your drummer boy up yet. For Christmas, we're not done yet. That's with... such a capitalistic thing. You know what? Yeah, it it's is. capitalism, and it's it all is. about consumerism. It is, and it's about buying and making sure that you're triggered by buying, buy, 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 and consume. And I think that's what's really, really bugs Maybe me is that there's the expectations for you to buy, for you to be a part of it, and for you to. Like, I mean, I love holiday yeah. parties. Yeah. Don't get me wrong; I love dressing up for holiday parties. I love the whole pomp and circumstance. Yeah, I'm just not like ugh, into it. But remember, you also have this movement of mm -hmm. reduce, reuse, reuse recycle. and recycle. Yeah. So maybe, and I don't it's know why that. that. Maybe too. that's 
maybe that's something to look into. Like, where does that passion come from? Which mm -hmm. is, I think is a great passion. Which, by the way, what I'm wearing right now is something I wore at a costume party like I love what two you, years what ago. Right so now. I like so pretty. This and is, your yeah. shoes are very. Fun. Thank you. And then everything is, you know, is something that I've worn before. Secondhand. Secondhand, worn reuse, before, reuse, borrowed reuse, it, yeah. reduced. So I love to follow what you do, and and maybe it's I don't know if it's because we grew up mm -hmm. a certain way. Mm -hmm. I think it is. I think it really does go back to how we were we were brought right. up because mm -hmm. um, I remember for me for my childhood it was like you know garage sales, yes. fire sales. Um, we found our like jeans at the Salvation Army. My sister and I would go hunting for Levi's because that was like our coveted <laughs> that was the piece. Thing. The yeah. Levi jeans. Mm -hmm. She she says it's more the the, the guest jeans because we couldn't no. afford them. No. But for me, it was the Levi's. Levi's. The Levi's were like the thing to have. And I think that has to do a little bit with it. Like I was telling Russ this morning, I said, I just bought this for like $5. I love it. And I said, I'm just going to make it work because I'm not buying a whole costume. And you made it work. I made it work. You I made went, it work. I, I had a black jumpsuit in my closet already, which um, I had this jumpsuit at my store years ago. It's probably five, six and years old. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm wearing it. amazing. And you're rocking it. <laughs> so sweet. Thank you. So, Claudia, for today, I yes. wanted, because, you know, we're doing a little bit of a Halloween series. Um, Halloween is it. on, is it on Monday? Halloween? Yeah, yes, Monday, right? it is. So, we are talking a little bit about horror stories. And more specifically, mm -hmm. I wanted to talk to you about your dating horror stories. Because I've heard them before. Yes, I've listened to your podcast yes. before. She has a podcast, Hey Comadre. And she and her two I guess they're co-hosts. My two co-hosts. Co-hosts. Yes, you guys had some really good um, horror stories on one of the episodes at the beginning. Yeah. And I think it was about like like being triggered by certain things mm -hmm. or like um, dating scenarios. So, okay, give me your horror story that we can share because definitely it is the horror time of the year. So all the names will not be said to protect the guilty, <laughs> first of all. And any organizations, I will change the letters. But um, I did not realize until this past summer when yeah. things came to a head that I was actually involved and entangled in a situation. Entangled. I love that word. <laughs> With someone who I believe is, was a psychopath, psychopathic narcissist. So how did you become entangled? How did that happen? You know, well, well, you know, it started so, so professionally. And, and that's one thing you look at you, you, you know, you want to, you want to be with someone that's like you, right? Yeah. So, so you, you, I, I met this person and it was a very professional setting and it was, we had a lot of things in common because of the work we were doing. And so, and I asked around too, like, hey, what do you know about so-and-so? Oh, no, he's a good person, you know. Everybody vouched for Everybody him. Everybody vouched for him. Okay. You know, so I was like, okay, all right. So then this, and so then I realized, I, I didn't know what was happening then. Mm -hmm. What I know now is mm -hmm. that our our first meetings or get-togethers or coffees and, and a little bit of wine, he was literally interviewing me. Oh. And then I, because everything that he would bring out was connected to my own, I guess, healing from having panic attacks okay. and getting professional help for that. Right. And this person, and I would post every, you know, some, my journey along the yes, way I remember from COVID. That. I remember yeah. from COVID, it was really hard. Right. I had brain fog. I had panic attacks. I ended so up So I got COVID room. right before you did. Yeah. I think you got it maybe a month or two mm -hmm. after I did, but yeah. 
it affected me really, really strong yes. too. It was uh, October 2020. When did you get COVID? No, October the like after Halloween. Right after Halloween. Right after yeah. Halloween. It literally happened like sick. almost after. Yeah. yeah. For me, it was like the first week of October that I got very, very sick with yeah. COVID. And mine was right after you. And so it triggered panic attacks. What triggered panic attacks was that I could not remember things. Oh. The brain fog was so intense, and I, I was a teacher at the time. I was yeah. an educator. So recalling information and trying to teach kids online yeah. and with a mask and not remembering things made my blood pressure go up, made my panic attacks come on. So I, I started recovering from that, yeah. ended up talking, meeting this person. He, I did not know that he was using his own mental health mm -hmm. um, supports mm -hmm. and his therapy mm -hmm. to get into my mind. That's what I, that was the horror, I think that I want to say. How was he getting into your mind? He was saying everything I wanted to hear. He was using... Let's talk about love bombing. Yes, he was love bombing What is bombing a love bombing? Me. Love bombing. He would give me so much attention. He was there. He was attentive. And then he would kind of disappear a little bit. Yeah. But then come back and check. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know that when he would disappear, there were other people that he was involved with. Okay. Entangled okay. with. Entangled. But he made it seem like I was the only person. And then it was a back and forth. It was a back and forth. And, and me kind of like, you know, let me just step back. But there was something in my gut okay. that kept telling me you something. You had a gut instinct I that did. something wasn't right. Yes. But I was not vocal like I should have been to ask and investigate more. I have yeah. no problem interviewing people and talking about stuff. But for some reason, when it came to this, I'm like, oh, I was so mm -hmm. enamored, I guess. I was. I, there was this attention coming this way. And, you liked it. And, yeah, I liked it. And then he's a professional like me. I'm like, okay, mm -hmm. we're both professional, educated. We're working for the community, blah, blah, blah. It right. all matched. Uh -huh. But there was just something that just was Didn't not seem sitting right. well. But then he would always say the right things mm -hmm. to bring me back in. Hmm. Like what? What was he saying? For those listeners out there that are probably confronting some I, similar situation, what is it that they say to you? Like the last thing that happened was when I knew that... I, I, I fell into it again, but then I was able to quickly withdraw. Okay. And um, was when I found out that my ex was going through stage three colorectal cancer at this moment. Oh and we had goodness. just gotten the diagnosis. Uh -huh. And I had been MIA for a while from a lot of things. And he was like, how are you? Where have you been? You haven't texted. What's going mm -hmm. on? And I mm -hmm. thought to myself, my first gut instinct was, well, you know my phone number. You know where I live. Mm -hmm. Look. Mm -hmm. But he didn't. But, I, but then the way his messaging, his voice, the words he said, hey, I'm here for you. You know I'm here for you. Yeah. Anything you need, call me, text me. Uh -huh. I know what you're going through. That I mean, he said everything that needed to be said about what I was going through with, right. with my ex and hearing that diagnosis and dealing with my daughters, having to hear that same diagnosis. Other father, yeah. And, 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 and feel it, figuring out, okay, they're going to a new, a new school. I have this new profession, this new job, amazing, amazing mm -hmm. role. Mm -hmm. And I, I told him everything. And mm -hmm. he was there listening. And he would say back everything. He was mirroring. Mirroring. Mirroring my sentiment, my wow. feeling. Then he would bring in like, oh, yeah, I know what that feels like. Because of his past losses in his life with to cancer, the loss of his family members, you know, three major women He was in relating his life. things to himself. Very, yes. Mm -hmm. So he was able to bring me back in. Right. And, but I had been doing a little bit of homework mm -hmm. before that. I mm -hmm. thought, I don't know. This seems a little narky. What's going on? So I started researching narcissism, which led down the path of psychopath. Okay. And then I started seeing some stuff that I'm like, wait a minute. This kind of resonates. 
what if there's a woman out there that's going through this, but she doesn't research it and she doesn't look deeper into the messaging? Hey, you know what? What can you suggest she do? Listen to your gut. Listen to your gut. That, the, but, the biggest thing I can say is that moment when yeah. you have a question, when you're trying to figure out, should I say something? Should I not? Should I speak up now? Should I not? That right there is already a sign. Why are we so reluctant or so um, afraid sometimes of speaking up and saying, okay, I need more information right now. I'm not really getting this. I don't understand this. Why is it so hard for us to sometimes go in deeper? For me, yeah, I did not want to lose that connection. Mm -hmm. I When the connection, when his attention which we now call love bombing, mm -hmm. showed up. Mm -hmm. It showed up when I needed it. Mm -hmm. And that, I was afraid of losing that. I was afraid of losing the, the, the physical piece. Yes. I, was, I was afraid of losing, period. Got it. Um, and I think it also comes from me being a people pleaser. I grew up in a household where I was a mediator between my parents. Mm -hmm. I was a mediator between my brother and my mom, the mediator between my brother and my dad, the mediator between my mom and my dad, the mediator, be mediator between my dad and my mom. Got so it. I always wanted things to be good, happy, good, good yeah, yeah. positive, perfect. Are you the oldest? I am the oldest. Yeah, so that's def that's definitely a role mm -hmm. that we take on as, yeah. the, as the oldest of the family. Yeah. Are your parents um, still together? They're still together. Okay. I don't even know how. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of us kind of get told very early on in our life is to be nice. Don't question it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, they would say sometimes like, me saluda tu tío. Oh, me saluda yes. al tal y tal, yes. you know? And mm -hmm. you were like, I don't want to saludar that person. No. I can't. I can't. Pero no, salúdalo. Yeah. You know, that's the right thing to do. Like, yes. be polite, be courteous. Yes. We taught you the right manners. But in our in our little bodies, in our instinctual little body, mm -hmm. our little gut told us that person is gross, disgusting. Yes. I don't want to be good, close to him at all. But Absolutely. we never said anything. Absolutely. I don't think I ever told my mom or my dad, like, ugh, I don't want to touch that man because he's so fucking gross. Yeah. And that could be, that that's their brother or their relative. Yes, their relatives. Yeah. With that, Alicia, I was very adamant with my own girls. Your body is your body. Um, I was very also vocal with my parents mm -hmm. that if my girls don't want to hug you or anyone, mm -hmm. that they, they can, don't have they to. Don't have to. Mm -hmm. That when they go to family gatherings or friend, it doesn't matter, friend gatherings, they can saludar like a wave mm -hmm. or a handshake mm -hmm. or a smile, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I was not going to force something on them if they're, because I don't want their instinct or their gut to be clouded. Yeah. Because I think, like you said, that mm -hmm. cloudiness mm -hmm. can make us second-guess ourselves. And then we don't trust it anymore. We don't trust our instinct. And, we don't and trust that our gut instinct is telling you something. Mm -hmm. It's really telling you something. Yes. And I think we're kind of taught to ignore it yes. so that we are nice girls and mm -hmm. so that we are polite mm -hmm. and well-mannered mm -hmm. because, yeah, you know, te educaron bien, right? Exactly. Like, yeah, te educaron bien. Um, and I think that's one thing that we really lose in terms of like teaching the girls yeah. to be nice girls. It's like sometimes they have a gut and they're like, I don't want to say hi to this person. I don't like, you know, there's been instances where I tell my kids, I'm like, I don't want you guys sleeping in so-and-so's place. Yeah. Because I don't trust the person mm -hmm. there. I just don't. And yeah. there's a gut feeling. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't have like a specific reason why I don't want you to sleep there. 
but I just don't like it. It's just something tells me I want you to come back home. I want you to go home. I want you to just, you know, because honestly, for me, I don't think there's there's room for error. And if I feel something very strongly, I'm going to just say it. And that is something that I am still working on for me. Mm -hmm. It's gotten better, so much better. Yeah, so much better. But I'm I'm with you with the whole spending the night or going to visit. Have my girls gone to yeah. overnight? Yes. But you know what I tell them to? I go look. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna meet with the moms. I'm gonna talk to them. Have conversations. I'm gonna go to the location. Even if I say yes after yeah. I know the mom, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna have coffee with the mom. I'm gonna be there in the, in the cocina checking out the house. Yes. And then I, because I'm feeling. The location. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling mm-hmm. like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having you're surveying. I'm surveying. You're surveying. I'm you're making sure everything yeah. is up to par for you. And then I tell them, and then I make the decision. Okay, yeah, you can spend the night. You know what? No, you're mm-hmm. gonna come with mm-hmm. me. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's midnight. You want me to come pick you up at one o'clock, twelve yeah. o'clock, whatever. Spend as much time as you want with your friends, but we're, you're gonna come home. And and even if I do feel good about the situation, I still tell them, you can call me, text any me. moment, and I tell any them in front time. of the parents too. So that they know. That's My so girls good. know that, that so any good. moment that they feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. or maybe they change their mind at the last minute, they want to come home, they can call me at one, two, three o'clock, whatever. Yeah. I am there. Yes, yes. I agree with that. And I think at some point, um, the kids realize that mom has a reason for why she does not want you to be there very long. Yeah. And I think my kids know that because they never asked me to stay at anybody's house. They know better than to ask me because I'm just going to say no. Yeah definitely gonna yeah. say no even though maybe the family's okay I mean maybe my family is okay like they'll stay at my family's house and mm-hmm. because I know my family and I'm pretty I trust them very well yeah. but it's nobody else's house mm-hmm. there's no way mm-hmm. and so again going back to the conversation of trusting your gut. instinct and trusting your, your yeah. gut feeling um, and not forcing our girls to do anything they do not feel is comfortable for them in their gut. Because yeah. a lot of our parents forced us to they say did. hi to certain so yes. and hug so-and-so. Yes. And if that person hugs you and kisses you. I was telling Rusk about this last night because we were talking about this conversation. Yeah. And I said, I do remember instances where there were family members, quote-unquote family mm-hmm. members, mm-hmm. that would hug you extra tight. A little tight. bit harder. A little bit they would hug, hug a you closer, a little extra tight. they give you that kiss. You're like, and then there was like the sloppy uh, kiss. Yeah. Uh, and I told them, I said, and there was a certain thing where they hug you in a way where they're really feeling your breath. Yes. Where they're really feeling Gross. the top part of your body mm-hmm. and they're like really into it. But it's sort of seen like, oh, that's so-and-so and he's part of the family. And yeah. as a young girl, 12, 13 years old, you're like, ugh, this yeah. feels so gross. I don't like this. And, and the, my gut is telling me and something. And your gut's telling you something. And, you know, the, the numbers have shown, the research has shown that most of the molestations most of the inappropriateness that happens it yeah. happens with someone within the family or a close family friend you always think about el cucuy oh no el viejo te va a llevar you know el los que están allá afuera but really it's not that I know. I mean, I, I, you and I, as educators, I remember going through it. those yeah. trainings. We went through the know, trainings. Yeah, we went through most the trainings. of this stuff happens mm-hmm. with the Cub Scout leaders. With the with the, with the vacation Bible school, the church leaders, guys, the yeah, church the Boy clergy, Scouts. They the predators will look for places where, where kids, kids are, are most vulnerable and around. Oh. And then the and then with family, mm-hmm. it, you know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff that's not shared. Like, like I met I, I met a wonderful person, and I was going to go off topic a little bit, but he shared two instances with me, where he now was, and he's a boy, he's a guy. Yeah. But when he was a boy. 
there were situations that were these these manly, you know, experiences uh-huh, that were very heterosexual. But it was a woman yeah. who was twenty okay. with a twelve year old. Yeah. And I told him after he, and he mm-hmm. feels like, Yeah, she did this to me. And 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 that could be like a badge of honor and for some men in that yeah. community. Yeah, like, yeah. oh man, you got hit on by a twenty year old, oh my god, but it wasn't just being hit on, it was being felt up uh-huh. by a twenty year old. And I told after he shared with me, I go, You know that was wrong. He's like, Yeah. But he didn't know, but he but society gives you all these other thoughts that 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 oh yeah you got this older woman after you like oh that's cool right but you're you're still a kid you're twelve you're, you're still 13. a kid she's twenty she's a predator so let me go back to this conversation okay so we're both Gen X moms yes we're both Gen X moms you're forty eight <laughs> I'm forty seven. Um, I feel like there's moments when I become a little too overprotective of my kids. Yes. And it's not because I, I, I don't think it's because I'm, uh, I'm fearful of anything. I think what I'm worried about is that I did not see something coming mm. before it happened. And my boys are my life, you know? So for me, well, of course, our kids are yeah. our life. Our kids are everything. Yeah. So you want to do everything you can to protect them. And I think us as Gen X moms, we have this really openness and conversation that our parents didn't with us. No, yeah. I know my parents didn't have no, this openness. They didn't no. say, no, you know, si tu tío te toca. No. Like, they didn't say anything. No. Like, and so Saluda a tu tío. That's what they said. Yeah, saluda a tu tío. Uh-huh. You know, saluda al amigo de tu tío. Él es el amigo de tu tío. Like, yeah, I don't know el amigo el de compadre, tu tío. El compadre. El compadre. Yeah. El otro yeah. amigo que vino del otro lado. I can, like, mm. a bunch of bullshit. And I was, but my parents didn't do that to me. My parents were really good about, like, you know, if you don't say hi, that's okay. Like, that's move good. on. But I'm really cautious now about yeah. telling my boys, like, if you feel like something isn't right, yeah. you must get out and you must let me know and we will get you the fuck yeah. out of there. Yeah. There's no reason why we will have to stay. Mm-hmm. But I think our parents would have not done that. I think our parents would have probably said, when, you know, yeah. but give them the benefit of the doubt. I can't say that my mom, I remember my first sleepover, she did, she parked down the street. There was before cell phones, before all that, okay. and I would look out the window and feel safe because I knew my mom was over oh, there. Wow. But this was at a, at a friend who was a friend that I had since kindergarten, and she met the family, and we didn't have the sleepovers until we were older, like in fourth, fifth mm-hmm, grade. Mm-hmm. But my experience, and I'm going to say this, and this is really a little bit hard, but I, I, I've only said it once to my, an aunt, a really dear aunt, my mom's younger, one of my mom's younger sisters. But the reason why I am so like, no one has any authority over your body except yeah. you. No one, no, no playing doctor, no playing this. No, we're not gonna, nah, no going into a closet. I say that from experience because that happened to me. Mm. I'm not gonna say names mm-hmm. because we're all grown and have our families and have our careers. Mm-hmm. But there were instances where I would spend the night with cousins. Mm-hmm. And those games would happen, mm-hmm. and I partook in it too because that's what yeah, you do, right? You and kid, I, I was yeah. a kid, so that's what I carry inside as mm-hmm. to why I make sure that my girls, mm-hmm. like you, call me. You feel uncomfortable, even though I'm getting a good vibe. Mm-hmm. If you change your mind, mm-hmm. and you call me, maybe that's part something that I need to work out. And my aunt did tell me, I know there's something more. Yeah. And at some point, you'll be able to heal from it. And you never said anything to anybody? Never. Why that? Why not say anything to anybody? 
Not even to your mother? No. Why is that? I did not Shame? want, I was ashamed. And I did, and I saw how my dad and my family would always get together with all the cousins and the aunts and the uncles. You felt like you were putting a... I don't think, I didn't want to mess that up. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then later on, I did not know that I had a cousin, mm -hmm. an older cousin, that did molest one of our younger cousins. And he later on, you know, got married, had kids, got divorced, got married, had more kids. And, and now his, one of his adopted daughters reached out to me. Mm -hmm and said he did this to my my sister and i'm like fuck he didn't do that to me but it was another cousin that that this happened with and and i'm like what do i do and i'm like report him do what you i don't care if it's my cousin do mm -hmm. what you got to do mm -hmm. you need to make sure that he doesn't get near you your sister your kids Claudia, why are we so protective of that? Why do we protect everybody else around us, but we don't protect our own yeah. mental I know. health and our own well-being and our own persona? Uh -huh. Like we are very, we're very interested in protecting the family dynamic, making sure the family dynamic isn't broken. Yeah. But yet here we are putting up with bullshit from people because we just cannot yeah. put, put somebody in a bad light because... You know they're seen as a as 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 um, citizens of society. What bullshit yeah. are we? I know. Are we I doing? Know. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Let's talk about our kids. Mm -hmm. So we're the, let's say we're the people that were in that situation. How we're teaching our kids yeah. to be really proactive and like immediately when shit goes down, yeah. you fucking tell somebody. Yeah, and I, and I think with me, I've been. I have been a proponent and a hero of, I love you no matter what. Yeah. I remember writing a book, a children's book, calling it, and, and that was the name of it. I love you even when you dot, dot, dot. I love, mm -hmm. I love you even when you cry. I love you even when you mess up. I love you even when you're shy. I love you even when you're bold. I love you no matter what. And I always yeah. tell them that. Mm -hmm. I go, I love I you no too. matter what. I do too, yeah. You might do something that I don't like. That's okay. I don't, I don't like what you did to your sister. I don't, I don't there's like no conditional but love, there's, which but, is something but I that's love very you no matter what. That's very common in the Latino community yeah. is I will love you, but you will have to do this, this, and this. Yeah. And one thing I've told my boys, and my yeah. boys are very clear on this, is I I wasn't raised very religious. Actually, my parents were not religious. They were Catholic. They Catholic. are Catholic. Uber Catholic. Yeah, but they were cafeteria. They're cafeteria. Oh, no, I love it. I'm Catholics. cafeteria Catholic, too. So they were <laughs> like that. So they actually didn't raise us to be, you know, like, oh, you save yourself for marriage. Oh, yeah. you know, you don't, you know, you don't do anything that's outside of, like, you know, that it's sinful. They yeah. didn't raise us that way, uh -huh. honestly. And so one thing I do tell my boys a lot is, like, guys, you guys are so lucky that mom and dad are not bound by religious doctrine and dogma. That if there's anything yes. that's happening, we can talk about it and be super clear about that because that's, as, as a mom, I'm yeah. very grateful yeah. for that. That I do not have that that sense like, oh, that's a sin. You can't do that. Oh, yeah. no, you can't. You're going no, to hell. You're going to hell. Like you got to go to, you got to go to confession. You got to, yeah, that bullshit doesn't run with me. Neither so with one me. thing I've, I've told my boys is like, anything that's going on whatever the conversation is mom and dad are going to be open to have it because we are not tied down yeah. by anything no it's it's human existence yeah and that's it it's humanity it's human existence it's freedom it's yeah freedom it's biology it's like i am here and i'm your guide on the side 
it's a guide. That's exactly what it is. It's a guide. Mm -hmm. It's not it's not an authoritarian mm -hmm. figure like our parents were at some mm -hmm. points. Not mine. Mine were not that way, but I think there was a lot of women that I knew yeah. that were raised to be like, you marry the first guy you have yes, sex have with. Sex with yes, or, you don't, or you don't marry it. until you have like a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Then now in their 40s, they're like, ugh. Why the hell did we even listen to that? I know. And because I'm hoping that they break those that cycle and that I don't change. know if they'll ever break but it. But hopefully, to be you know, by hearing this, they can hear that what their inside is telling them was right yeah. for them. That if they felt that I should fight against that, or mm -hmm. I should question that, mm -hmm. or I should do something different, even if you did it different on the down low, because I did a lot of things on the down low. I call them rap workarounds, down low, because my parents had certain things that they wanted me to do. But there were certain things that I wanted to do that didn't align. And I had to also just figure out how can I reach my goals? How can I go out with my friends? How can I have a relationship? How can I do these things that I want to do without making a mess? But again, that goes back to the conversation of like, why do we have to hide? Why are we hiding? Be because they're not allowing things to yeah. happen in their free way. Mm -hmm. Like behavioral science, human um, emotion, human behavior, it's all natural. I mean, sex is a natural part of life. Exactly. Masturbating is a natural part exactly. of life. Like, there's so many conversations that, to, that can be had. Yeah. But a lot of them are like, oh, you don't do it, you don't do it, you don't do it. So then what you're doing is you're hiding. You're going yeah. around in circles, yeah. trying to figure out a way. Oh, I don't want to hide. I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. As opposed to saying, you know what? Be careful. If you're gonna have sex. Yeah. Go use a condom. If you're gonna have sex, yeah. you know, be respectful of your time, of your heart, of your life, of your body. That's where the yeah. conversation is. And, and it's funny because with me uh, as a teacher mm -hmm. in, in preschool and pre-K teacher, I remember kids, you know, during nap time, putting their hands in their pants. And that's normal because you see that they discover themselves. And I never treated it as something yeah. abnormal or, or, or get mad at them. I would just like, okay, they're okay. And I would just, and that was it. And I would let the parents know, but I would tell the parents too, I go, this is normal. Kids are going to start discovering themselves. They're three, they're four, and their hands and their pants is normal. So just want to give you the heads up. And then when it happened with me with my own girls too, and you know, and one of my kids was like in the middle of like stuck her hands in her pants. I'm like, okay, mommy, this is something we don't do in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. But I made sure that she didn't feel bad. Yeah, you didn't like, shame her it was for it. You like, just educated her a little in, bit. It's yeah. just in private. Mm -hmm. Yes, your hands, mm -hmm. that your body, your hands are for you. And no one can do that unless you give them permission. So as I got older, yeah. I would always, and then I would relate to that. I go, yes, you're going to have these feelings. But remember, your body is yours. For someone to have access is right. because you're giving them permission and you feel safe and it's up to you. So how are you raising two teenage girls. girls? How do you raise them in a world where it is about consent? It is all about consent. Constant and conversation that mm -hmm. you have the last word. Okay. That no is no. And if you say yes, it's a yes. But that if your no is a no and you don't feel comfortable, it's a no. And if your girls are sexually active, how do you confront that situation? You know, I haven't gotten there yet. I'm talking to my comadres that have already gone through mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. to figure out how what to they approach saying? that. Conversations, have them now, make sure that they feel comfortable enough. Mm -hmm. um, we've done the period talks. We've done about, like, you know, I, I've shared with them my experience my first time. And, and that I was older and that I wanted to do something. I didn't want with to your do girls, that. With, yeah. your, with your girls. Okay. It was older. I was in college. I wanted to make sure that I was emotionally and mentally ready gotcha. for that. So uh -huh. I, I have shared a little bit about that, like my story. And um, But you shared the emotional component and the yeah. mental component. 
Not and being just the safe. physical. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah. Being safe. I love that. And also mm-hmm. that I did not want to do that until I was mentally and emotionally prepared for what can happen mm-hmm. later. That mm-hmm. I would be attached. I, I want to be with someone that, you know, the feelings that come with that. Yeah. Like, it's it's heavy. Mm-hmm. And then I and, and I did share about, you know, the girlfriends that did go through it. And, and they were like, I make this the first guy. I got to get married. And they stayed in, in, a, in an abusive relationship. Forever. Because yeah, they just yeah. can't get out of it. Because yeah. they just felt like this is what my, mm-hmm. my mom, my church, my whatever. No, they don't want to disappoint anybody. Exactly. They don't want to like be that disappointment to exactly. anybody. Even though they're miserable and sleeping with a brother, you know, because mm-hmm. they're not even sexually active anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not even attracted to each other anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's difficult, you know. I think I think I love this conversation about us because we're, we're the kind of mothers that are kind of in the middle from yeah. like... The generation of like you never talk about exactly. it. Exactly. You don't say anything. Mm-hmm. You just say, oh, you know, you don't have sex before marriage. That's it. Bottom line, shut up. Yes. And then the conversation with the kids that we're raising were Gen X, Gen Z. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you and I are Gen Xers. We're we were raising kids that are in a different era. They're the uh, iPad kids, the yes. iPhone kids. They grew up with, you know, so much different stimuli mm-hmm. in terms of social media. We didn't have it. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't grow up with any of that. I think I got an email when I was in college. Me too. That's yeah. When I got my that first was my email first email was yeah. my college email. And um, it's a different scenario. But I think the one thing that we do have that's beneficial to us in terms of mothers is mm-hmm. that we know the way we were raised yeah. And the way we do not want to raise our kids like that. Exactly. Like, I, I see that, and I see some things that my parents did in terms of, like, being, like, super territorial and authoritative. And I think about it, and I'm like, yeah, I'm grateful that they were like that with us back then because mm-hmm. we needed it at that time. But you can't raise those kids nowadays no. with those same those same principles. No. I don't think it works. It doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. These kids come from a very different generation, a different um, uh, upbringing. Yeah. And sometimes I find myself on the struggle bus because oh. you think that because I'm in education, I've studied like the childhood, de- the, yeah, childhood development, this and that. But and now it's my kid. I'm like, oh my god! Then you throw in all these these other things like the technology and the accessibility yeah. and and how kids are learning things younger. You know, now young at a younger age than what I learned. Like I, stuff that I I learned in college or high college age, kids are learning now yeah. Yeah, at yeah. a younger age in yeah. middle school and, and even younger. So with that in mind, it's, 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 um, I embrace the struggle bus. I embrace asking, you know, people like comadres that already had kids older than me and have gone through it. I embrace saying it's okay that I don't know all the answers because another thing too is growing up, you don't put out there that you don't know. Yeah. You don't put out there that you need help. <laughs> you just like buckle down and get to it. But then why, why am I going to do that? When then that causes like mental health issues and like you feel like you're like the worst parent ever or maybe you can't fulfill yourself with whatever that is your goals in life. You know, ask. I'm okay with saying to my girls sometimes, you know what? I don't I don't know how to deal with this right now. Yeah. Because I've never been the parent of a teenager. Yeah. This is my first go round. Yeah. Every every stage, there are times and I'm vocal and, and, and I love and it's a double-edged sword because yeah. now my girls are vocal. So now they're sometimes like, oh, my God, I'm the mom here. Be quiet. Like, you you got to do as I say so. But then I'm like, wait a minute. That's a double-edged sword because I want them to be able to speak up. 
so that's the key mm -hmm. it's something that our parents didn't allow for us we didn't vocalize our mm -hmm. feelings we didn't vocalize why we thought something was bad they just said Cállate, and that's how it is and i'm your dad and you shut up because i'm your dad it. or i'm your mom and mom knows better but now we let our kids okay why do you think this is wrong and they will confront you and they will say mom i don't like this i don't like mm -hmm. this i don't think you should do that i don't mm -hmm. you know i don't agree with you yes and, i get that all the time and i often think like wow our parents just kind of shut it down like oh say, yeah no, la boca. nobody you, who are you you're nobody. you're nobody. I'm your mom. I'm you're, your dad. Mm -hmm. But one thing we have been really good about, and I think it's a good, I think it's a plus. It's a plus. I think it's so. It's a big plus. I think it's a plus is our kids advocate for themselves. Yes. And if they don't like something, they'll be like, I don't like this mom. Why are you making me do this? Yeah. And then it's up to me to say, you know what? This is why I do not yeah. want you to do this. And guess what? The kids respect that. I think they do because mm -hmm. they realize that there's a reasoning behind your your punishment or the your, no or the no mm -hmm. there's a reasoning behind it they're not yeah. getting just like no porque dije no, no es y no. that's it and that's it and my kids get to see okay they get to hear well you know what this is why i don't want you to do this yeah. one two three whatever the is. why the why the why and honestly yeah. i feel like it makes them more thoughtful mm -hmm. in terms of what they do because they know that there's consequences for everything yeah there's a cause and effect. Yeah. When we were growing up, we only knew the cause. That was it. And then the effect, my parents knew the effect. And we then didn't know I, the effect. And we didn't then know what I, the hell what, was going to happen. And then what would I do? Oh, you said no? No problem. I'm still going to go. I'm going to still do it. I'm still going to do it. Yeah. But I never did things that I knew. I, my, my, that's another thing. My, my, my dad was always really big on my future. What do you want to be when yeah. you grow up? Yeah. What college do you want to go to? So he already implanted that. So every yeah. decision I made, even if it was against his no, yeah. I always balanced it with, okay, is what I'm about to do going to keep me from getting to my goals or is it not? <laughs> it's true. Even, even the people, even, even the boys, even the guys that were like yeah. in the middle of like, or like this heavy intimacy stuff when you're like in college. And then I swear to God, I hate you to say this. I would picture. see my dad face. I did too. I and did I was too. like, I did, okay, yeah. is what I'm about to do going to get in the way of my goals? It's true, you know, you know or, or am I gonna, am I being safe or, you know, emotionally, can I handle this because I got a big test? No, it's true because right? you see your father saying to you, I you're like, um, I trust you, yes. you're a smart girl, yes. you always make the best decisions. And I'm thinking about him when I'm about to do something stupid. I'm like, okay, fuck that. I'm not doing it. That's Bye. Exactly I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly me. Yeah. Yeah, but I that made, was me too. That I always made too. sure that I, whatever it is I chose to do, that I made sure that I it never got in the way or impeded my goals of graduating from college, you know, moving forward with whatever everything I had on my on my goals list at that point. I always thought about that. Yeah. But the but also sure. there was that burden. You're the first one to go to college. You're the first one to do this. You're always always the first for everything. And I don't want to let my whole village. Do. No, and I think Russ and I talked about this in other conversations where we have these curses, these immigration, we're yes. kids of immigrants. So we can't on, I don't know if we've called it a curse. What do we call Is it? it could it be a
shit anymore. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about this in one of my talks. Is like, I was going out of town with Rusty. We were dating. We were out of college. And I, my dad would never let me go out of town with a boyfriend. There's never not. ever happening. And I remember telling my dad, I want to go to New York with my boyfriend. We're only dating because we yeah. were just dating. We weren't even engaged yet. And my dad goes, oh, you graduated from college. You can do yeah, whatever you want. Whatever like, you go want. Like, it go was for like, it. I was like, what? And you're like, wait a minute, what? What? <laughs> you're letting me down, Dad. His <laughs> only goal for me was just to get a college education. He was like, yeah, ya te graduaste, ya puedes hacer lo que quieras. I'm like, wow. Well, okay. Wow. If it was that easy. <laughs> it was that easy. No metiste, no metiste la pata in between. Get, do you remember that saying? No yeah, no metiste la pata. La pata. Oh, no saliste con tu con domingo 7. That's yes, another one. Yes. I'm like, what the fuck is no that No saliste shit? con tu domingo 7. That was the thing. No salgas con tu domingo 7. Like, that's yeah. the one thing you don't do. And I was do. like, what happened yeah. last night? I know, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're, but it's, it's, we're, I think yeah. these things are ingrained in us. Yeah. And I think the... Um, the conundrum now for us is like, how do we raise our kids to kind of understand those values that we yes. were raised with? Because those yes. are good values. Yes. I they don't are. deny those are really good values. I, I'm I'm the person I am today because of my parents and yes. their and their upbringing and their intensity in terms of our education mm-hmm. and how you don't give up. You go, 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 go. And you don't stop until you finished. You don't stop when you're tired. You stop when you're finished, yeah. when you complete. And that's the value system that I want to translate to my kids and yeah. something that maybe you'd want to translate to your girls yeah. it's it's difficult though for kids who now see college as like mom i'm not really you know liking it i don't really uh-huh. need a college education anymore yeah. college doesn't hold the same value it used to back in the day they, the have day. A, they have a point uh, yeah that's true that's true and i always tell my girls i go look if you are building a business and you're using all of these technology gifts that there are now. Yeah. Because back in my day, if you wanted to record a record, you really had to go to a studio. You had to hire a band. Yeah. You had to have a band. You have to really work at the technology stuff for that to happen. Yeah. Here, you and your friends on your phone, you're done. You can record something. A Billie Eilish recorded her whole CD on, in, in, on her bed while she laid there with a microphone yeah. and her phone and, and you know, got, got a computer, right? Her brother did the music yeah. and did the mixing. Mm-hmm. I go, you have so many avenues. If you can come to me, if you don't want to go to college, okay, that's fine. What's your plan? What's your plan then? Because you have so many things at your fingertips. Yeah. You can produce, you can create, you can sell, you can upload, you can do everything at the touch of your hands. Right. So if you got that plan, I'm all for it. I'm behind it. Other than that, you're going to go to college. Mm-hmm. But I don't see it like that. I'm, I'm, I'm more like my dad. Like, hey, what college do you want to go to? What do you want to study? Right. It's more that way. Because I remember my dad saying that. What college do you want to go to? What do you want to study? What do you want to be when you grow up? And, and, and now I add, if you don't know that right now, it's okay. Because you'll figure that out. Yeah. I don't want to. I also want to add that because my girls are always asked, like, by friends and family. Because they see who what they are. They see who their mom yeah. is. And they're... And I always tell them, you know, don't forget to also say when people ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? You also, you add, hey, I'm looking into X, Y, Z. I like this. I like to study that. But I also want to be happy and healthy. Add that to your future, your current and future goals. 
And I think that's the new generation parenting is like really considering where our kids really want to go and where they want to head in terms of their life. We have a very creative son and um, yeah. Rusk and I are not very creative. We're very Girl. type A analytical people. True. And but you, Russ, you want to jump in on this conversation? You're creative too. In terms of parenting, like yeah. we have to really adjust ourselves um, to the new to the new parenting, yeah. to the new ways we're parenting our kids. We could not raise our kid the way we were raised because we tried it. Yeah, we were we were like at a point where we were like so frustrated with our kid that we were like we don't understand him. Mm -hmm. We don't know where he's coming from. How is he going to make any money? Ruska's very um, business oriented. This yeah. kid isn't going to make any money. Like, how is he going to make money being an artist? Yeah. And this kid has been proving us wrong. There you go. He's been proving us wrong. He's been proving to us that there is a possibility uh -huh. in doing something productive and being a creative kid. Yeah. Yeah. Something we had no fucking clue about. There you go. We did you not know, have a clue about that. And I... With my family, with my parents, I, I'm a singer. I love to sing. I love being on the stage. I love to, to, to sing a song and to give that feeling to someone. Um, and I had been doing that since I was five. Um, and then as I got older, my parents would tell me, only one in a million make it. And they never supported that piece. Your singing career. Yes. Mm -hmm. I did it on my own. I did it behind their backs. I recorded a CD. I sang in a band. They had mm -hmm. no idea at first. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I finally recorded the CD and I made a big announcement. And then when I had my whole family visiting for Thanksgiving once, uh, back in the 90s, yeah. the early 90s, um, I, I said, I have a big announcement to make. I just uh -huh. want to share something. Uh -huh. And my I saw my family, my mom <laughs> and my dad's faces go white and like, what? Oh my you know what they thought I was going to announce? What? That I was pregnant. Oh, no. They were so <laughs> scared that I was going to announce that I was pregnant. I'm like, why would that even cross your mind? I, I'm announcing that I, in the middle of me going to college, I was, I'm also in a band. And here's the CD I recorded. That's hilarious. So so now I I took another maybe I'm on the balance scale maybe I maybe it's heavier on this end from and I'm coming from experience where now I'm like oh my girls you like art okay we're going to put you at this cell okay see lad be lad you 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 like to sing and dance and do some acting okay we're going to put you in wallfish I mean I've been I and I tell them all the time I hate girls if you like this yeah Let's do it. You you like we tried soccer. They like soccer. They busted out a kneecap. One of them did. I'm not gonna do soccer. The other one likes volleyball. I always wanted volleyball. You want volleyball? Okay. The classes, the outfits, showing up for the games. You you want a clinic? Okay, let's find you a volleyball clinic. You you, you want an art clinic? Okay, let's find you an art class. You want? I'm on the other end now. So you're like exploring. You're like let's explore yeah. that. Let's see where it goes. Let's see where yes, it heads. I'm not telling my girls. No. Only one in a yeah. million make it. Uh -huh. That is the worst thing that my parents could have told me, and I love them to death, and they did it because they were protecting me. And they were only protecting me because I found out later that my dear grandfather, my my dad, my mom's dad, who started El Costa Azul, who was given the keys to the city by the mayor of Houston back in the 70s oh, wow. to bring salsa music, uh, uh, musica tropical, to Houston, would would perform at the Pan American, Los Globos, mm -hmm. had a band, launched the career of Rigo Tovar. Oh my god! So, and he was a boot maker and a shoemaker. Made boots for the presidents and and for actors and for Akim Olajuwon. If you remember, he used to rockets. My my grandfather was a shoemaker and a performer and an artist. Okay, so he kind of had some people on the side. Oh, you know, women. <laughs> and so then my grandmother put her foot down. She said, "Either you choose music and that life, or you choose us." 
So because of that, my mom saw that when I started showing this talent, yeah, my mom and my dad both watched it. Oh. Because they saw what happened. What it led to. When that. my kids, especially the little ones that are showing interest in, in music and drama and dancing, I was like, I'm I got her an agent, I'm taking her to auditions, I'm taking her to classes, and my mom was like, Why are you doing that? It triggered her. Yeah. I knew about that already. Yeah. I said, Look, mom, this is a different path. Mm-hmm. If she goes to an audition, I'm gonna go with her. If she gets, if she becomes a singer, actor, whatever, yeah. I'm gonna be her. I'm gonna be the mom manager, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna be with her. I'm gonna be like the Kardashian mom, whatever. I'm gonna be with her. I get it. Yeah, I get your trauma. I get that that happened uh-huh. with you, your grand, your parents, your dad. my grandfather. Mm-hmm. But with me, if my daughter has a talent and she wants to explore it. I will be there next to her. I will be the one to make sure that we sign the right contract. I will get lawyers involved. I will give up my job and travel, and that will be my job. So basically, as opposed to being a a detractor, you become an advocate for your kid. Mm -hmm. And you become the voice of reason in a way. Like, Mm -hmm. did we do this? Did we do that? Did we check this? You know, instead of saying, well, if you want to do it, go figure it out. Or don't do it. You're not going to do it. Or burst their bubble completely. Which is very possible yeah. is, is when you don't understand a creative kid or somebody yeah. who's very different from you and you're thinking, oh, how the hell did I give birth to this child? Instead yeah. of saying that, saying, okay, what can we do to support your dream? Yeah. How, what can we do to lead you in that path where yeah. you're really wanting to go as opposed to being, oh, that's not what you're doing. There's no way. That's not happening. That's yeah. not the family you come from. Mm-hmm. We don't have any artists in our family. Mm-hmm. But honestly, just being open to the idea of like, Okay, well, let's see where this is going. Are you really passionate? Are you really good? Are you, you know, excellent? Are you going to put your whole heart and soul into it? That might be the option. That might be the place. The only thing we can do is just support and be there. And and one thing I've adopted, which is very different than my growing, my my own upbringing, is try it. If it doesn't work out, yeah. What I want you to say forty years from now, yeah, or fifty years from now, is hey, at least I tried it. Yes. Maybe it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but I'm not going to wake up one day when I'm 60, 50, 70 saying, I should have. I want you to, when you're exiting this world and you are surrounded by your family, I want you to say that I did everything that I wanted to do in life, mm-hmm. that I tried it, I was successful, it wasn't, it's okay because you're going to close your eyes and say, I did everything that made me smile. Right, right. And I told my girls that when I got really sick with COVID, I told them, I said, look, after I was okay, I said, you know, there were many nights that I prayed because they weren't with me. They stayed with their dad because I didn't want them to be around me when I was going through this. I said, at every night I would close my eyes and say, God, if I don't wake up tomorrow, uh-huh. I can say that I did everything. I tried it and I had an amazing life. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving behind two amazing little girls that are going to make an impact on this world in their own way. In their own way. It's beautiful. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mom. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. No, this is a great conversation. Yeah. I think returning, I think we're going to take a little break. And then on our way back, we're going to talk a little bit about Texas voting yes. and politics and where we're heading. And I think it's so important that we have this conversation now mm-hmm. because um, the stakes are high. They are very the high. The stakes are high, and we cannot let this opportunity just slide. So let's take a little break, and uh, let's come back and regroup. And in the next uh, session, my husband, Russ, will be joining us, and he's going to talk a little bit with us about politics and where our state is heading and what 
it means for us to be voting in the yeah. state of Texas. Thank you, guys.